I've been getting it since the taller, I keep dollars on my head Been a real one, this my motto, hell my problems, I ain't scared I put powder on my collar, cause she proud of what I said I'm a leader, I got on following my footsteps like the fish Welcome to the first ever episode of Mike Will Financial Podcast uh, What we're going to do is we're going to go around the horn and let you guys know uh, who we're listening to every week um, tell you a little bit about ourselves, and then uh, we'll go ahead and dive into it. Um, might as well start. Donnie Diamonds um, went to school out here in Boston, Mass. Um, started trading really heavily. Um, I want to say, you know, during COVID, um, but had always had a uh, had a feel for the financial world, and um, actually majored in finance as well. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and, and pass it over to uh, to one of my co-hosts here. Yeah, so my name, my Mike Wolf uh, Financial. Uh, same thing as Evan. I met Evan up at, uh, up in Boston. Went to school together. Um, what really kind of got me into trading as a whole is uh, about last year, uh, last December, uh, December twenty nineteen. Uh, I was actually really interested in real estate. Uh, super sold on like the whole three family aspect. Uh, really wanted to purchase some, uh, you know, some rental properties. Uh, so what I did was one day went to a local Barnes and Noble because um, I wanted to kind of submerge myself and, you know, as much information as I could. So I was already watching YouTube videos, you know, talking to some people. So I figured like the next step was to get into, you know, more reading aspect of it. Um, so anyways, walked right into the Barnes and Noble, could not find one real estate book that I wanted. Um, actually ended up leaving there, came across the cr- across a couple of uh, stock market investing books, um, picked up a couple of those. And then really it was just kind of, you know, it's all forget about it from there um once the that was in december so probably about in like february or march is when i first uh opened up my first account trading wise i started with the first with a, uh, a roth ira uh the first purchase i ever made was a, a company called apt alpha pro tech technologies um basically it was obviously right before the pandemic started um and i came across them because they were a major component in uh, baking masks and distributing masks at the time um the day i don't obviously i don't have the specific days that i bought but one of the few first days that i bought i believe i bought it i was right under right under ten dollars so it was either uh high 990s or low uh 10s and then literally within 24 hours the um the stock itself shot all the way up to 34 dollars and it was, I was like, wow, this is great. Like I need to do this every single day. Um, just couldn't get enough of it. You know, it was exhilarating. It was an adrenaline rush and it was just something that, you know, essentially you put in work for it, but essentially, you know, to an extent it is you know, passive income on top of, you know, what you regular, you, you make from your regular nine to five job. And I was just like, I was chasing like that financial freedom. I wanted more and I could see, I see that quick return I could see what that could do for me in my future self. And I just wanted to get as much as I could from it, learn as much as I could from it. And that just kind of really set me off. You know, pretty much sums up what uh, I have to say. So I'll pass it to my next co-host, my good friend, uh, Professor Red Dot. What's up, guys? My name is uh, Professor Red Dot. Uh, I'm the founder of Red Dot Trading. Uh, These two, uh, both Mike and uh, Donnie, both know me as the one who investigates every single chart that you can imagine. Um, I, I look into, I've gotten into trading about a year ago, heavily. 
Oh, I started learning about the market. I didn't even play with real money at first. I went strictly paper for about a year. I learned exactly what the market had to offer. I learned what charts were. I learned how to read charts, what options were, which I'm still learning to this day. Um, especially in the market, you can never stop learning. Uh, you, can't, you can't ever stop knowing that you know everything because you don't, no matter what. Uh, the market is consistently changing every single day, every hour, every minute. We saw it this week especially. We'll see it next week, the following week, and pretty much forever. Um, I go to school up in Boston, Mass. as well with them. That's how I found out about these two great people alongside of me. Um, and from there, we're just looking at trying to give you guys some advice, trying to go over some trades and just talk about the market in general. So uh, just to kind of pick off where uh, he left off, uh, just to kind of, you know, let you guys know that myself, Professor Red Dot or Donnie Diamonds, none of us are financial advisors. Um, stocks that we talk about in our podcast are just stocks that we're confident in. Um, that stocks that we've done our research on, stocks that we're comfortable putting small amounts or large amounts of money in, stocks that just we believe we're going to be profitable on. Um, at no point in any of our podcasts are we <laughs> making recommendations for you to buy. Nothing that we mention is a recommendation. Um, we always encourage you to do your own due diligence on, on your own stocks. Um, any profit that you make from maybe a stock that we mentioned or somebody else mentioned is because of you. Thank yourself for making that profit. Don't thank me. Don't thank your next door neighbor. Don't thank your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whoever. Thank yourself. Also, on the flip side, if you lose money, don't thank nobody much yourself. I mean, we're not out here, obviously, trying to lose money, but nothing in the market, as Professor Red Dot said, is ever guaranteed. You can be as confident as you want in a single play. All it takes is one news source, one piece of news to leak, uh, w one negative thing in the world to happen, and then, bang, flip it a switch like it's done. Um, I always tell myself, and, you know, sometimes if, you know, maybe uh, somebody close to me will ask, and it's like, well, hey, hey, Mike, well, financial, how, how long are you trying to hold this stock? Everything's a long-term hold until it's not. So, like, I could have a plan that, you know what, this is going to be a long-term stock, but then bad news comes out, nope, I'm dumping it. Or this could be a long-term stock, but, hey, like, I ran 100%, I made 100% runner overnight. So I, maybe I bought the stock at $10 and next day it's $20. I'm gonna move on, I'm gonna take my profit. There's no need to hold it no more. So everything is a long-term until it's not, uh, but just always do your due diligence and nothing in this uh, podcast is a recommendation to buy. We are not financial advisors. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna add something to that. <clears throat> do your due diligence, literally. Like we cannot stress that enough. Um, if everybody could see, if everybody could predict the future, the stock market would not be here. Everybody would be millionaires and everybody would do this. This isn't a job for everyone, but it is a job for people that actually want to learn and, and have, and have the, um, the encouragement of getting up every single day and reading, learning, doing whatever they need to do to actually get the profit that they want to get in the trades that they actually really, really want to. One thing about me though. I'm going to get paid. <laughs> Warren, Buff <laughs> Warren, Buffett, <laughs> Warren Buffett recommended that 6% was a good a good expectation on return. I don't get out of bed for anything less than 600. So we will always find runners. We will always get paid. Well, listen, nobody's in the business to uh, to not get paid, right? But obviously there's there's winners and there's losers with, with anything. Um, <clears throat> I look at more, I was an athlete my entire life. I look at this trading thing is more of like a game, right? You're, you're playing against the market. You're playing against whomever you can choose your opponent. Um, but again, like I said, like anything, there's winners and there's losers. And, you know, we're here to, uh, to try and find the winners. Obviously we're not, we're not in this to lose money. Um, but 
even it happens to the best of us. Um, case in point, what happened last week? Um, a lot, lot of hedge funds, a lot of hedge funds, a lot of billionaires, a lot of pros are all, uh, they're all on Indeed and LinkedIn this week looking for a new job because of uh, a bunch of Reddit, Reddit users. Yeah, which brings back my point exactly. If they act, if they legit knew what was going to happen in the market, then they wouldn't have shorted the stock, obviously. But they didn't know, so now they're taking the shit on them, and look at and look at where it is now. Now AMC is flying. Now GameStop is flying. SNDL is flying. Robinhood's creating restrictions. There's so many other platforms that are shutting down trading. Um, creating new things that are ha- that are uh, that are with the SEC now just everything because the hedge funds couldn't see the future they're they're like people like you and me they're they're no different yes they they have a lot more experience yes they have a ton more money than us probably but there's no reason to think that you can see the future when really nobody can yeah no it's, it's spot on man I mean we can we can go in circles about what the hedge funds were doing all day, and I'm sure we're going to touch on it. But um, no, just to kind of reiterate everything that uh, Red Dot had said a few times is like, listen, I think the best quote from Wolf of Wall Street, and I'm sure all of our listeners will have seen that movie. And if you haven't, go fucking watch it because it's good. Um, when McConaughey was sitting with Leo in that, you know, uh, sky top, you know, rooftop restaurant. It's true. Nobody knows if the stock's going to go up, down, or in fucking circles. It doesn't matter if you're Warren Buffett or if you're Jimmy Buffett. Um, it's true. You, know, you can read charts. You can, yeah, you can read charts. You can, you know, read option activity. You can see the insider buys. It doesn't fucking matter. Nobody actually knows. Um, and I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of examples that we can talk about. And again, I can talk about it until I'm blue in the face. But do your own research. Do your own due diligence. And if I say it again, I might uh, might jump off the balcony. But it's the truth. So. And, uh, you know, kind of give you, if you guys aren't aware of kind of what we mean about uh, last week with all these hedge funds losing, you know, a ton of money, um, we're direct, directly uh, referencing GameStop and uh, or, you know, stocks as such as GameStop, AMC, et cetera. Um, basically, last week, uh, if you haven't heard, big, big, huge thing on Reddit, um, Wall Street Bets. Um, basically, Wall Street Bets kind of made a thing on their on their forums that they were just going to buy and hold a shit ton of GameStop stock. Um, there was a hedge fund, uh, Melvin Capital. Basically, they were just getting fucked by these Wall Street Bets uh, users and you know <laughs> the, the Reddit <laughs> Reddit stream as a whole. I mean, they were losing more money than they they can count. Uh, according to CNBC, they were claiming that hedge funds lost uh, lost more than twenty billion dollars last week alone. Um, but see, like where the conflict of Go ahead. I was gonna say, didn't uh, didn't Melvin lose fifty two percent in January of the like, the actual funds that they manage? So yep. So uh, they actually lost fifty four percent. And you know what pisses me off? You know what pisses me off is that these people can lose fifty four percent of their money in one week of trading, and then everyone is gonna help bail them out. But if I lose yeah. fifty four, if I lose fifty four percent of my trading money in a week, the government is going to tell me to skip the avocado toast in the morning if I really want to save money <laughs> to get back to where I was. So I get the avocado <laughs> toast, avocado toast uh, treatment, and they get they get the bailouts. But what, well, bro, not, kind of, not only are they going to make you skip the avocado toast, but they're, they're going to come take your car, they're going to come take your house, yeah. they're going to come take all your shit, and then oh, say, yeah, you don't have the capital to pay us back. Well, this is all ours. 
but what pisses me off is where you know where, where people are kind of up up and uproar is where you know the conflict of interest citadel Robinhood handles all of their trade through their hedge funds which basically means citadel is literally Robinhood's source of income so when i mean we saw a little bit on td ameritrade we saw a little bit on uh, weeble that they temporarily restricted the trading of these these stocks like gmc uh gm uh GameStop and AMC, but it was it was briefly. I don't I don't even know if it lasted the full trading day. We're going on three <laughs> trading days now, and Robinhood is still limiting how many shares that you can buy over this, which is just absolutely bullshit, in my opinion. This isn't a it's, a, it's supposed to be a free market. What about limiting what I can buy is free? Uh, it's it's not. I can answer that for you. It goes against everything that a free market quote unquote stands for right and you know you can sit here until uh until the cows come home and say oh yeah well, we live in a free market this and that you know fake. it's not true it's just point case in point not true when you have the people that are you know again pulling the strings if you will stopping the average person from doing something that you know what it may pay off it may not and all to protect people that realistically speaking don't need protection that don't need protect that don't need protection at all exactly and you know i, I sit here you know I, i'm currently working from home so you know I, I have the cnn running you know in the background pretty much all day and you hear some of these these guys on wall street that you know they just a, a direct quote is just like this guy i can't remember his name uh tom peffity or something like that basically said that Oh, you know, all these people trading on Robinhood, their people are just sitting at home, they're collecting paychecks and they're just attacking the rich. Well, you know what? What you fucking fail to realize is people in your government are the ones that started making us sit at home. They they put all these extra restrictions, they're closing down small businesses that you're just limiting what we can do and you're not helping us on, on any sense. We got one twelve hundred dollar stimulus check back in what, April or May, and they sent out another six hundred dollar one. Senator uh, Secretary Mnuchin had went on went on live television and said that twelve hundred dollars should pay our rent, pay our utilities, put food on our table, and then we should also have a little bit uh, a little bit of money left over to put in our retirement accounts. How out of touch of reality are you with the common person in America? Come on. I mean, Mnuchin yeah. rang Goldman, so I can answer that pretty pretty out of touch. You're the head honcho at Goldman Sachs. You're you're not really working for shit or or wanting for anything for that matter. Yeah, can we just talk about how hard it is to herd all of these people in together? I mean, even like take for like a a a party at your house, for example. Imagine trying to get a hundred people at that party to actually show up that you go and send invitations to. Nearly impossible. You're probably a one out of ten chance that'll happen. So you're talking about Wall Street bets just going out there, creating a discord and just pumping one stock, hoping that everybody else would get in. The chances of that happening, very, very slim to none. But because it was so slim, it actually happened. And then that's when the hedge funds actually came back against everybody. And now they're like, oh, shit. Now, now what do we do? Since our backs are against the wall, now what do we do? So then that's when they start attacking those people. They start attacking the people that brought them down to bring them down with them and to step on them to bring them back up. I just, I, I mean, I was like watching it in live time, like, you know, cause we're obviously all working from home and, you know, I went and tried to, to buy 10 shares of clove just for shits and gigs at the bell on Friday and I couldn't do it. And I was like, well, 
it, it, it just, I, I can't even begin to explain or even try and understand how you can actually just say, nah, you can't buy that. You can buy this one. That's fine. And you know what? You can't buy it today, but tomorrow you're good. And it's, it's for you. It's not, it's not because of us, right? We're doing this to protect you, but tomorrow you don't need the protection. I don't get and it. Let, it let me doesn't make sense. Let me remind you the fact that I obviously all three of us talk on a daily basis. How long have we been in clove? Two, three months now. We have held clove before it was Easy. even clove. We had clove when it was IPOC before they even merged as a company. I have had a ridiculous amount of shares for the past two months. And then all of a sudden on one random Friday, I'm going to have Robin Hood tell me that I can't add to my position. I've been a share a shareholder on on this stock for over two months now. Like, what do you mean? I didn't come just come across this stock. Same thing with with SNDL. I was on SNDL since the end of the summertime when it was twenty three cents. Granted, I sold here and there. You know, you buy dips, you sell rips. But I've been on that stock since the summertime when it was twenty three cents. Now all of a sudden, this penny stock makes a run, goes over a dollar. I can't even add one share of SNDL. That's absolutely crazy to me. That's absolutely crazy. Not only that, but that those weren't the stocks that actually sent the pump up. It was AMC and GameStop. It was originally right. just GameStop that sent it up. So why should all these companies, like I even saw Moderna was, was now getting yeah, regulated, so Moderna which too. makes no sense to me. No sense Be- whatsoever. Because you have to add to all the ones that were on the Reddit page. Well, you, the, a majority of those companies were also FinTwit, Financial Twitter, the SNDL. Yeah, right. uh, uh, what, else, what else was it? It was SNDL. It was AMC. It was GME. Um, you couldn't buy Clove. I, I feel like the, the not Moderna. buying Clove, though, the not buying Clove was more of a direct shot at uh, Ch- Chamath. 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 Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. 100%. Because he was, he was on CEO. 100%. He was very outspoken. He was on CNN arguing with all the analysts and telling them basically where to go. I just feel like that right there had nothing to do with the actual, you know, the pump of Reddit and uh, Wall Street bets, but more of a personal attack of this is how we're going to get back to you for arguing with us uh, on live television. Right, right exactly. He doesn't care. He is like wow. he will. He's like Prez. He's like a he's like a wealthier, actually knows what he's doing on Wall Street and trading. Prez, like, he don't give a fuck. I think it's awesome. Don't. Don't kill like Prez. That. Prez knows what he's doing. No, Prez I fuck with you. Prez. No, 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 no. Put that on the record. I love Dave Portnoy. I would go to war for him. But he is clueless and just has a lot of money. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, yeah, but if, even if you look at like GameStop and AMC, those those were companies that unfortunately they were going out of business slowly and surely. They were yeah. they, they they were heading out. Companies like SNDL, quote, they're they're they have stuff coming into the market. They haven't. They have new um, new products that are going to be sold, that are going to be used. They had some some more backbone behind them instead of just GameStop and AMC that were financially trying to go bankrupt. But which which kind of uh, again, you know, in the reality of things, it's like we didn't we didn't target. Well, I shouldn't say we. Uh, Wall Street bets didn't target great companies that are doing fine financially. They didn't target Disney. They didn't target Home Depot, Apple, Tesla. They literally t- essentially targeted companies we 
millennials grew up on that we were going to save them. You know, they kind of like the companies that everyone else forgets about. Like we grew up on GameStop. We grew up going to the movies at AMC. Uh, Nokia was in there. BlackBerry was in there. Like we had those phones back in like middle school and high school. You know what I'm saying? So like, I mean, yeah. essentially it's almost like, you know, we're the superheroes in this situation, no matter how, how you want to turn it. Wall Street's the villain. It is what it is. Yeah, unfortunately, like especially this time, that goes back to the to the government too. They want to see using twelve hundred dollars to a business is really is is really enough to keep you to, to keep you going. The PVP loan that you're like, oh yeah, here's here's some money. This should cover it. Now now we're a year later sitting in the same position. Now what do you do? So it's just looking at these companies and saying they're they're pretty much trying to make wall street's trying to make them go out of business or trying to get them really really low so then wall street can then buy back in all these hedge funds can buy back in at a really low price and make their tons of profit so now wall street bets for example is changing that saying you're not going to beat down these companies all the way down to the ground and then buy back in you're not going to play your little wall street game anymore um and that's what i think the hedge funds are really getting mad at because it was reported that uh, Citadel, the Citadel hedge fund had a what was it a hundred and forty percent short position in the company yeah, before Wall like Street that. bets. That, yeah. that's insane. That's absolutely insane. And, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't get how you can short more than what's actually available. I think Elon tweeted it perfectly. He's like, so you can can't sell a house that doesn't belong to you, can't sell a car that doesn't belong to you, and you also can't sell more than you actually have. You can sell more stock that you actually have, and that it doesn't stock that doesn't belong to you. Like, I don't get it. It's just, did we not learn our lesson in 2008? I mean, I wasn't old enough to know what the fuck was going on back then, but I sure as shit learned about it. And we've all we've all seen what happened. We've all seen the big short. We've all seen inside job. Like, did we not really see what, what, what like what what the fuck was going on? And like, did we not learn that we shouldn't probably crash the world economy again? Uh, clearly not but and uh for, you, for, a great point. for our listeners that don't know what a short position is a short position is basically just assuming that the company's stock is going to go down um, you're just betting against the company and its and its success so when we say that uh, citadel had a 140 percent short position they were a hundred percent banking on gamestop closing their doors any day any moment it wasn't a matter of if it was a matter of when yeah, I mean, which realistically speaking, you know, before uh, Reddit decided to flip the whole shit upside down, uh, it makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, I can go turn my PlayStation on right now and be at GameStop, download any game, not have to fucking even put a pair of shoes on if I don't want to, right? Same thing with AMC. I can fucking turn on my smart TV right now and play just about any movie, you know, Jailbroken Fire Stick, whatever. Um, so it makes sense why they were shorting it. Um I think it's funny. I have the image of some fat, sweaty dude in his mom's basement reading Reddit and like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to throw 500 bucks at that, right? Like, sorry if I offend anybody with that, but that's how I looked at it. And I thought, I think it's funny as shit. Hey, fat, fat and sweaty, you call it what you want. You got money in the bank right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, absolutely. <laughs> they said that kid, that kid, uh, I, I don't know if he was the one that started it or what, it, what the hell it was, but some kid from Brockton, Massachusetts, I guess, supposedly put 50 grand on it on uh, GameStop stock a couple months ago and now turn that shit into like $33 million or $34 million in the past week or so. That's, that's incredible. I, I love hearing stories like that. That's yeah. just an average kid that just turns, they, they turn a little bit of money into an insane amount of money. 
that they, they both learned from and they, they pretty much got lucky with, but it is what it is. But, and that, I think that's, you know, I mean, never can you, uh, profit is never guaranteed and never should you be hopeful that you're going to turn 50,000 into 33 million. Cause obviously this is just one of those scenarios where it's just like once in a lifetime, like, wow, ho- holy shit. But like, I've had, I mean, I've had situations where I've bought stocks and then the next day, it, they literally they run 100%, they run 200%, they run 300%. So I personally have been in a position where I have made a half a year salary in 12 hours from closing bell to opening a bell the next morning. And I just feel like, you know, nowadays, you need to have more than one source of income with anything. But just to see like, you know, if you're smart about it, if you do put the time in, if you are ahead of the curve, what this can do for you, your family, your future, like, I just personally, I've, I'm like, I'm super thankful. I'm super happy. I've been able to accomplish what I've been able to accomplish the past couple of months, uh, past three months alone, I've literally tripled my account and it's just, it's crazy. But like, even back in March, when I started, I was, I would, I was like, you know, honestly, I'm just going to sit here on my phone all day and I'm just going to one penny my way to a million dollars. Like I was so scared. I would buy a stock at $5 and then like the minute it sold, it went to like 502. All right, I'm selling. And then I would just try and do it over and over again until I realized I didn't have $25,000 in my account at the time. And I was under the PDT rule and I had already got banned. Um, But if you're just smart about, if you're smart about this stuff and you can take advantage of like different sectors that are hot. And, you know, I've talked about this uh, previously and, you know, when we've gone Facebook live in our group that you want to, you don't, you never want to, obviously you never want to buy, you know, stocks that are ripping or stocks that are, are necessarily hot at the time you want to buy the stocks when you know nobody's talking about them and like it was a perfect example that i had said it's just like okay you, you the past couple of months uh you think back to i don't know august think back to september all right well you knew that joe biden was running against donald trump you already know what donald trump stands for but now you know that donald trump will be running against joe biden so you sit there and you say all right, well, what does Joe Biden believe in? Okay, well, all right, he, he's, a, he's a clean energy guy. He's a solar energy guy. He, uh, he, he believes in the legalization of marijuana. So why, and like I said, SNDL, I've been on SNDL 23 cents because of Joe Biden, because obviously there's always a potential that, you know, Joe Biden would beat Donald Trump. And you, you accumulate these shares quietly when nobody's looking. So by the time that, you know, if if Joe Biden was to get elected and, you know, it, it comes into the House, the, the marijuana, uh, the marijuana bill, you, you, you know that these stocks are going to get hot. You know that these stocks are going to rip. Friday, it was either Thursday or Friday, SNDL was over a dollar. And it's just like at that point, I'm just collecting profits because I've been in this. Like you you need to just you need to be early on everything. Patience always pays in the stock market. If if. A good good advice is if you if you look at a stock and you smile, don't buy. But if you look at the stock and you're sad, then you buy. Given that the, it's it's a good stock and you know it does have potential, but it, you know that that holds true. You just you always want to accumulate uh, shares when the sector, when a particular sector is not hot or it's not particularly running at the time. Because I just feel like that's how you can maximize maximize your uh, profits the most. Yeah, and going off, kind of going off that. Uh, like, oh, go ahead. No, uh, you good? You good? I'm good. Thanks. Yeah, no, hey, I was gonna, go. go. No, I was <laughs> gonna say it's it's okay to like uh to sit it out every now and again. Like if you uh you didn't get on a get in on SNDL or didn't get in on 
you know, even Neo, right? Neo was like $3 back at the beginning of quarantine. Now it's over 60 in the last I checked. It's okay. Don't, uh, don't go chasing it because you'll get caught holding the bag and nobody will be happy at that point. Right, exactly. So, like, what if Neo creates an offering all of a sudden? Now, now, now the stock can go down. It could definitely go down. What if Neo has some bad news? Now your bag holding at 60 drops down to 40. How much longer is it going to take for it to get to get back up to 60 again and for you to make significant profit? So it's pretty much based on the risk reward uh, reward sector. Like like uh, Mike said, you want to find the stocks that you're sad looking at it. You want to find the, the down beaten down stocks that nobody's really talked about that much because they do have potential news coming. And when that potential news does come up, you'll, you'll see it rise. You'll see that profit hit. You don't want to buy, you don't want to buy the rip and sell the dip. You want to buy the dip and sell the rip. Um, and, and, and thinking, yeah, go, sorry. No, go, no, go, 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 go. You're good. You're good. You're good. And, and thinking and, and to kind of follow up too, is like a perfect example is don't marry a stock. So I bought FUBU at $9. I'm not going to lie. I mentally, I'm like, okay, I'm married to this stock. Like I'm never going to sell. I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to do that. And then I watched it run. I held from nine to $63. But then obviously you saw how fast and how quick it fell back down to what? What was it? 33 or did it hit the twenties? I, I can't remember. It hit the thirties yeah, and then dipped 20 and then dipped twenties. So dipped to 20. I bought back it, in at 24. And you exactly. So you you need to kind of know when to get in and out. Because, so I sold obviously way before I hit that twenty dollar mark. But don't be afraid to along the way just to take profits. Like you can always take profits and then buy back in on the dips. Yeah, it's the importance of just reading a chart too. Don't just follow a, a, a trade blindly. If the best trade in the world comes up to you and goes, "Hey, you need to buy this stock right now, right now." Okay, you take that advice and you look at the chart yourself. You look, maybe, maybe it's on an uptrend for that one day. Hold on for a second. It's going to be there tomorrow. It could dip tomorrow, and that's your opportunity to buy. You don't need to buy when someone tells you right away. Just keep that in the back of your mind. Look at the chart. Analyze it. Look where the best price is, the lowest risk to the highest reward. Um, some of, going off what, uh, what Mike had said, some of the stocks that nobody's really – it's been talked about, but not heavily, not like – not like AMC has, not like GameStop, not like Tesla, stuff like that. But Sun W, I was in it at 70 cents um, way back in uh, July of last year. Uh, yeah, late in the midsummers uh, last year in 2020. Uh, now this week, it actually hit a high of $30. So that, that was a company I believe very, very strongly in, had some great news, um, had some talks with working with Tesla. Financials, they look decent. Um, but if you look at the charting too, you can see the chart. Uh, it started to it started to to have an uptrend from that from July up until now. Now it's hovering about thirty. Um, do I do I recommend anybody buying in at thirty? Absolutely not. It's hit that price once. Um, is it going to hit it again? Yeah, it might, but it's going to dip lower. It should dip lower, in my opinion. It could definitely run up higher. I don't know. I can't predict the future. Um, I'm not promising that it's going to go higher. I'm not promising that, that it's going to go lower. But that's when you have to take stocks day by day um, and always know that if they're always going to be there the next day. Uh, you're never going to get into a position where the stock's just going to vanish the next day and you're going to be out of luck. 
And I, I think too, like kind of off of that, like you never know what's going to happen is like, you can eliminate, you can never eliminate full risk. You can eliminate some risk through, you know, portfolio diversity where, you know, you have a portfolio of five to 10 stocks or whatever. And, you know, obviously some days stocks are going to go up, stocks are going to go down. So, you know, maybe, you know, between the, the stocks that you have in your portfolio, they fluctuate so that, you know, they uh, minimize your, your losses on a day or, you know, vice versa. You're just eliminating risk, but you can never eliminate market risk. So, you know, perfect example is two, two, three weeks ago, uh, you know, the day could be going good, but then the capital gets raided. The market shit the, shit the bed. So you, there's things that just happen in everyday life and, you know, in our world and politics that also affect, can affect stocks and how they dip on a daily basis as well, too. All right, boys. Well, listen, I think, uh, I think we did cover a lot of good shit here for the, for our inaugural inaugural episode and one of the things that we're going to do here as we close out every week is we're kind of going to give you guys a, a target or an idea as to something that we're looking at something that we're watching pretty good um, in terms of a stock play for the week um, now mine i'm going to start it off itp real high on that um, that's the ticker company is it tech packaging uh, currently trading right at 78 cents a share um, kind of give you the high level overview it's a mask play. Uh, and with Biden in the Oval and the Democrats controlling the office, political affiliations aside, um, you can almost bet that masks are, are going to continue to uh, continue to be necessary and, and continue to be mandated potentially even nationally. And if that happens, then there's uh, no telling where the stock's going to go. The stock that I'm looking at for this week um, is going to be the EV sector. Uh, I think the sector hasn't really popped off that much. Um, so I'm looking at um, CBAC Energy Tech. Um, the ticker for it is CBAT. Um, it started its uptrend uh, in September when it was sub $1. Uh, on Friday, so January 29th, it closed at 736 on the day. Um, it does have some pending news for a battery swap. Uh, with an automotive uh, technology company, with another automotive technology company, um, working for food delivery and logistics industries. Um, so I think this this should hit about eleven, twelve dollars as my price target that I'd like it to hit. But then again, we can't see the future, so uh, I'm going to be watching that all week for upcoming news, how it uh, pops up on scanners, and how the chart looks. Yeah, and I'll be. Uh... The stock I'll be watching this week is uh, FUBU, uh, ticker symbol, symbol F-U-B-O. Um, it has 84% revenue growth uh, guidance for this quarter. Uh, it's revised upwards of the recently previous 75%. Uh, FUBU is the 15th fastest growing business, right, uh, just right behind CrowdStrike. Um, it's currently trading at 7.5 times revenue with an 80% uh, short interest. Um, FUBU also has Roku's early investor, Daniel Leff, on board um and obviously we know what roku is trading at um and i think a big uh, kind of point of emphasis is that um uh, fubu stock now is a 60 is uh, being shorted 100 uh, 1.7 billion or 67.08 percent of the float um it's a 27 percent short float increase in the past two days alone and as a percentage of shares out on loan is technically bearish relative to the shares outstanding uh, FUBU TV is now the second most shorted name in the United States, only behind GameStop. 
So I could see a very nice short squeeze happening within the next few trading sessions. Well, listen, thank you all. Uh, thank you all for joining here and, and be sure uh, to go check us out on Facebook at Mike Wolf Financial. Uh, until next week, we will see you guys soon. Happy trading. I've been getting it since the taller. I keep dollars on my head. Been a real one, is my model. Hell, my problems, I ain't scared. I put powder on my collar, cause she proud of what I said. I'm a leader, I got on follow.